What's up, everyone? I'm Chris Rhodes, and welcome back to New York Undercover Rewind, the podcast that discusses all things related to the television series New York Undercover. And as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review us. And feel free to send me an email with your thoughts on the podcast to New York Undercover Rewind at gmail.com. And check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at NYUndercoverTV. Episode 5 of Season 1 is entitled Garbage and premiered on Thursday, October 6th, 1994. The episode description reads, Torres and Williams go undercover to investigate a sanitation worker's murder. Sandy is embarrassed JC is a police officer. The episode is directed by Gus Draconis and written by Charles Holland. The cold open is set to the sounds of rapper Coolio's Fantastic Voyage. The song was released by Tommy Boy Records in March of 1994 on Coolio's debut album, It Takes a Thief. The song would later sell over 1 million copies and go platinum. A year later, Julio would release the single Gangsta's Paradise, which was the number one best-selling single on the U.S. Billboard charts in 1995, and for which Julio would win a Grammy for Best Rap Solo Performance. The song was also on the soundtrack for the 1995 hit film Dangerous Minds, starring Michelle Pfeiffer. In the open, we see shots of the Dumbo area of Brooklyn and images of a garbage truck emblazoned with the name Easy Way Waste Removal, traveling throughout various parts of Manhattan. We see one of the garbage workers pick up a bin with a toxic sign on it, but not before kindly giving money to a homeless man. The worker returns to work headquarters in Dumbo, where he hears a man yelling in pain from an office down the hall. He peeks into the office and sees a co-worker named Andre, played by Jeffrey Wright, getting roughed up by two goons, and being forced to sign a piece of paper by a third man, Vinny, played by Tony Dara. Vinny notices the garbage worker peeking into the office. A chase ensues, and the garbage worker busts through a door and falls over a railing to his death. Cut to black, and the opening credits. Act 1 opens back at the scene of the death, but it is actually Detective Old School, played by Jim Moody, who initially cops the case. Emmy Wong identifies a dead man as Miguel Rodriguez and in his typical sense of humor says that the ground landed on his face and that it, in his opinion, he fell off the roof. Eh. Back at Lieutenant Cooper's office, Old School and Detective Ricciarelli, played by Frank Pellegrino, are skeptical that the man's death was an accident and note that the Rodriguez death is the fourth garbage worker death in the last 12 weeks. And all the deaths were from separate independent companies. Old School says to break this case, it's going to take an undercover. Cop Tatora is at his desk, looking at brochures and fantasizing with Williams about his upcoming trip to Puerto Rico later in the day. Until he is interrupted by Cooper, who tells him he will need to put a pin in his vacation since she needs him and Williams undercover. Old School and Ricciarelli tell him they are going undercover as garbage men, which pisses Torres off even more. They also learn that the victim Rodriguez and Jeffrey Wright's Andre Foreman character were the last two people at the company to clock out. Torres goes undercover at the company as a man named Juan Padilla, while J.C. dons a gold-toothed and a Jamaican accent as Trevor Johnston at the company. 
is basically Yoba relieving his cool running stay with his accent. The next scene finds JC and Sandy eating a meal across from the Metropolitan Museum of Art on Fifth Avenue and discussing how he wanted to be a garbageman when he was a kid. Sandy tells him she needs him to show up at her law firm's event the following Tuesday as a good showing will likely help her make partner. At the truck firm, the undercover detectives, pretending not to know each other, learn their truck assignments and start a little verbal beef with one another. This allows Williams to meet Wright's Andre Foreman character and learn that a lot of workers tend to call out sick. Set to the sounds of public enemies give it up, the undercover detectives and Wright's character traverse the city collecting garbage. Until Williams notices they are also collecting hazardous materials, including medical trash and needles. To make matters worse, the trash is being dumped next to playgrounds where kids play. As Torres says, this really sucks, brother. William says, word, fade to black. Now, a little information about Public Enemies' uh, Give It Up song. It was released in July 1994 by Def Jam Recordings as the first single from the rap group's fifth album, Music in Our Message. It was their highest peaking song on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, reaching number 33. Act 2 opens with a smelly Torres and Williams debriefing Cooper on the latest update on the case. She tells him to focus on Jeffrey Wright's Andre Foreman character, while Williams tells her he will be going to a union meeting the following week. At the union meeting, the union's business agent, Angela Mancini, appears. She's played by Angela Featherstone. She is introduced to the men who whistle and howl at the sight of her dressed in the short blue miniskirt. Williams, as Trevor Johnson, asks about the voting proxy that she wants the men at the company to sign, while Torres, as Badillo, flirts with her in front of the group. Williams also asks about why he has to dispose of medical waste, to which Vinny, played by Darrow, dismissively says, Wear gloves. Wright's foreman character chides Williams for asking those questions and says those questions are bad for your health. Set to the sounds of R. Kelly, seems like you're ready. The next scene finds Torres as Badia approached by Mancini from her car, where she gives him her phone number. Torres and Williams meet up later that night to discuss the case. JC thinks Vinny, Angela, and the union are involved, while Torres pushes back and defends Angela. JC gets suspicious and asks Eddie why he was late, and Eddie confesses that he met up with Angela. JC tells him he is getting played and she's trying to see if he is 5-0. Eddie says he will check her out. The next scene finds JC and Sandy in the elevator heading up to the law firm's event. Despite it being a black tie event, JC does not have a tie. Sandy tells him he looks fine, but that the party is very conservative and reminds him to be on his best behavior. No stunts, she says. Party is held in an apartment or penthouse overlooking Central Park. As soon as they enter, JC realizes he should have worn a tie. Sandy introduces JC to her black male law firm colleague Thurston, to which JC replies, What's happening, black man? Eh, not a good look, JC. Thurston is then mistaken as Sandy's partner by the firm's managing partner, Mr. Kaufman. Yikes. Sandy tries to clean it up and compliment JC, but by this point, he is feeling uncomfortable. 
He pretends to get a page on his beeper and excuses himself, with Sandy looking at him, mouth agape. The next scene finds Angela and Mancini, visited in the office by none other than John Santucci. Played by John Costello, this is Santucci's first appearance since the pilot episode. Anyway, it turns out he and Mancini are siblings, and they have been strong-arming the truck companies, allowing them to skin health and pension benefits from the workers. The next scene finds Williams, as Trevor Johnson, in the office refusing to sign the proxy. Much like in the cold open, Vinny and his goons rough up Williams, put him face down at the desk, and tell him to sign the document. By the way, one of the goons is played by Vincent Pastor, who many of you know as Big Pussy from The Sopranos. This is his second appearance on the show. His first time was back in the pilot with Santucci. Fade to black. Now, before we continue with the recap, it's time for a trivia question. Actor Jeffrey Wright, who guest stars as Andre Foreman in this episode, starred in what 1996 film as this world-renowned artists. They had to come at yet at the end of this episode. Act 3 opens outside the Trump Company in the shadow of the Manhattan Bridge in Dumbo. And for you listeners not familiar with, Dumbo stands for Down Under the Manhattan Bridge Overpass. Now, 30 years ago when this episode was filmed, this area of Brooklyn was pretty desolate, full of warehouses, many of which were abandoned, and the area was pretty run down. In the 30 years since, the warehouses have been refurbished and the area has been landscaped. Dunbo now attracts world-class businesses and restaurants and is a hot destination for residents as well. And of course, prominently in the background is the Twin Towers, which we will discuss in a later episode. Okay, back to the show. JC is nursing his arm and shoulder after getting jumped by the goons at the end of Act 2. Eddie tells him that he signed his proxy last week and tells JC that he should have signed his as well. Dummy. They both meet with Lieutenant Cooper at a sidewalk restaurant and they ask for money to do a sting to catch Vinny. Eddie meets with the owner of the trucking company, played by Ray Aranha, to set up a deal. Meanwhile, back at the station house, Sandy arrives to speak with JC. She asks him what the hell happened last night, that the event was important to her and she knows what she can do in that world. JC motions for her to look out over the station house and he tells her that this is his world and he ain't leaving it. So what's happening here? This is a conflict between Sandy, who comes from an influent world, and JC, who grew up in an underprivileged environment. The next scene finds JC back undercover as a garbage man with his truck blocking traffic. A man pulls up in a car behind the truck, demanding that he move and calls J.C. a son of a bitch. J.C. approaches the truck. The man rolls down the window and recognizes J.C. Turns out it's the managing partner at Sandy's law firm, Mr. Kaufman. Oh, boy. Sandy is informed by J.C. about the incident at dinner. And she is saddened and asks, how could you do this to me again? Meanwhile... Eddie is at Angela Mancini's apartment, feeding her strawberries, dancing seductively with her, and knocking the boots with her. The next scene finds Vincent Pastor's goon character motioning for Eddie's Badillo character to come over to the limo. Inside the limo, you find Vinny and the goon, and Vinny asks for Badillo to rub someone out in public for $10,000. 
The name of the intended victim? Jeffrey Wright's Andre Foreman. Fade to black. Act 4 opens with the detectives discussing the plan with Cooper and what they plan to do to protect Andre. But everything goes awry on the streets when the FBI intercedes on Andre's behalf. Turns out Andre is an FBI informant. The Fed suspect John Santucci and the Sandino crime family have been squeezing millions from the Union through the various truck families, and that his sister Angela has been helping. Eddie is shocked to hear Angela is related to Santucci. Turns out she changed her name when she got married, and her husband is, uh, let's say, missing. The Feds and Lieutenant Cooper agree to fake Andre's death in a very public setting. In Columbus Circle, Torres pretends to shoot Andre dead in front of a lot of witnesses. Eddie meets up with Vinny and gets Vinny to admit to ordering the hit on Andre. The feds say they still want Santucci, so Eddie meets up with Angela again. After passionately kissing, Angela tells him she has a surprise and shows him the 10k plus an extra 5k for the hit on Andre. Eddie realizes she doesn't answer to anybody and has been calling the shots the whole time. He takes out handcuffs, which she sees as a sign of foreplay, when in actuality she is under arrest. The feds and JC walk in and she realizes the gig is up. Torres tells her if she gives up her brother Johnny, they can cut her a deal. She refuses, but Eddie tells her his real name is Eddie. With Tony Braxton's You Mean the World to Me in the background, the next scene is set at Sandy's apartment. And she tells him she did not make the hiring committee and that Thurston, the black colleague, got it instead. JC feels that he is standing in her way and is shocked to hear that Thurston got the position and refers to him as an Uncle Tom and Cracker. JC asks if they will be able to get through this and Sandy says she hopes so and that no one has ever made her feel the way he makes her feel. The final scene is set at Natalie's and features singer Bobby Womack singing, If You Think You're Lonely Now. Eddie is sitting at the bar when mobster Johnny Santucci enters Natalie's. Johnny tells him that he knows he did his sister, broke her heart, and threw her in a freaking cage. Eddie responds that he was just doing his job. Just business. Johnny responds by saying he made a promise to his father on his deathbed to do anything to protect his family. Know what I mean? Eddie says, do what you gotta do, Johnny. Johnny says, I'll see you around. Fade to black. I give this episode an A-. minus. This is truly the first episode in which we see the detectives go undercover for an extended period of time. Show did a great job of using various parts of the city, including the Columbus Circle area of Manhattan, the Dumbo area of Brooklyn, and the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I also enjoyed how they revisited John Santucci and his connection to Eddie. As you remember from the pilot, they both grew up together in the same neighborhood, even though they ran with different gangs. Now, one quibble that I have is that since Eddie grew up with Santucci in the same neighborhood, it's a bit odd that he didn't know or recognize Angela before he met her. It's also good to see a number of familiar faces in the episode, including Jeffrey Wright and Vincent Pastor. Now, just a, a quick note on Tony Braxton's You Mean the World to Me. It was the fourth single released on her debut album in 1993 from LaFace and Arista Records. 
It was written by Babyface, L.A. Reid, and Daryl Simmons. It peaked at number seven on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. And Bobby Womack's If You Think You're Lonely Now was released on his 1981 album, The Poet. And it was later made popular once again when Casey from Jodeci fame covered the song in 1994. Now, before we go, let's go back to the trivia question. Actor Jeffrey Wright, who guest stars as Andre Foreman in this episode, starred in this 1996 film as this world-renowned artist. The answer is Basquiat. The film was based on famous black artist Jean-Michel Basquiat, who unfortunately died of a drug overdose in 1988. Now, Jeffrey Wright has achieved critical acclaim in a number of roles since then, including winning a Tony and Emmy for his roles in Angels in America. Folks, that's our time for the show. I'm Chris Rose. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review us. And remember to email us at newyorkundercoverrewind at gmail.com. Check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at NYUndercoverTV. Bye now. Thank <laughs> you.